ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome into the latest installment of the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray. Pleased to be joined today by Tad Fujikawa, once a teenage phenom, once the youngest player ever to make a U.S. Open. But more in the news in recent weeks, uh, Tad, because you've become the most prominent male golfer to, to come out as gay. So I appreciate you taking the time, first of all. Thanks for, uh, for being with us. Thanks for having me. So as we said, it, it, was, uh, it was a monumental announcement that you made on Instagram uh, last month. And I, and I want to start there. Just first of all, it, it's been a few weeks since you came out. And I want to know what's the reception been like for you and how did it kind of match up with your expectations? Um, before doing so, I, I didn't, I mean, I, I thought that there would be uh, a lot of support from my family you know, my close friends, um, you know, the, the people that follow me on social media. Uh, but I didn't think it would have gotten the kind of media attention that it did. Um, I mean, obviously, it's, it, in this day and age, it's not not really that big of a deal, you know. Um, it's not uncommon for, for, uh, for athletes or, you know, for people to, to come out this way. But... Um, you know, it's, I've I've been very very thankful and very grateful for the outreach of support, the encouragement, and you know, acceptance from from everyone around me. It's been uh, it's been really cool and really special for me. Well, it's certainly an intensely uh, personal decision and choice to to come out and in, in the manner that you did. What led you to make that sort of public statement as you did on your Instagram account? Uh, I did it. You know, I, I came out to my um, came out to my mom uh, a few years ago, and then all my friends knew. Uh, you know, I, I told all my close friends, and uh, but I hadn't told the rest of my family, and uh, until recently. And uh, after I told them, um, you know, my grandmother, and my father, and, the, and my other uh, my grandfather as well. Um, after I told them. I kind of, I kind of didn't really care what other people thought of me at that point. Uh, you know, as far as acceptance, I didn't need anyone else's acceptance. Um, but the reason why I, I came out on social media was just help other people. Uh, you know, in, in my own experiences, uh, I, I've been through a lot of tough times with with my sexuality and struggling with that, um, and openly talking about it. And uh, other stories, um, you know, other athletes, other celebrities, um, you know, my friends, just seeing other people come out gave me a lot of hope in my in times where 
I didn't feel like there were a lot of hope. And uh, for me personally, it was uh, something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, I, I really want to help other people who are struggling with a similar, you know, a similar issue. Um, and if I can just change change lives, that's that's uh, that's really my goal. Well, you mentioned trying to, to cope through struggles of your own, and you're certainly dealing head-on with some issues that a lot of people struggle to address, and certainly a lot of people don't address them as, as publicly as you have. Was there a tipping point in recent weeks or recent months where you kind of thought to yourself, okay, I feel ready, I feel prepared to kind of take this next step, and as you said, in, in the hopes of potentially helping others down the road? Um, I've been thinking about it since... Uh probably like the beginning of this year, um, you know, I, I just, I kind of felt like that's been my calling and, um, you know, just, just to help people and, and uh, to bring more awareness to, to mental health, um, regardless of, of what it is. And, uh, and, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of been, I feel like that's been my, my dream and, um, you know, my, my passion has kind of changed a little bit in that sense, but um, but yeah, that's that's kind of since the beginning of this year is when I really started uh, changing my vision uh, towards that. It's interesting. You, you consider this a, a calling of yours. That that's a great way, I think, to to kind of deal with a, a situation that sometimes, as I'm sure you're you're quite aware, it can bring animosity. It can bring reactions from both sides of it. But that's that's a way, I suppose, that you've been able to kind of take the take the situation head on and, and deal with it in the way that you have, correct? Yeah, um, you know, I, I struggled a lot with my golf game uh, since 2000 2012 to, you know, actually about 2011 to 2016. And, uh, you know, mentally I wasn't in a very good place for a long time. Um, and... I felt like when I lost my golf game, I didn't have anything else to live for. And that was something that I really struggled with, um, you know, with, with mentally. And uh, my depression and anxiety that, that came with that. Um, but that's where I found my purpose, you know. And, and not, I guess, when I was going through that, not having a purpose was, was something that really bothered me. And, um, you know, outside of golf, you know, what can I do with my life? And, uh, and you know, when I found that and, uh, and realized that, um, you know, that, that gave me a whole new perspective on things and something to, uh, something to look forward to. I think a lot of people, when they, they see your name or they read a headline that in, includes your name right now, they think back to, you know, 10 or 11 years ago. You're, you're 15 years old. You're playing in the 2006 U.S. Open. You're 16. You're making the cut on the PGA Tour at the Sony Open. Was, was there a point where some of that early success led you to put too much importance on golf as it related to your, your personal self-worth? Were, were those too enmeshed at, at that point in your life? I don't know if, if it was directly related to that. Um, I've always kind of, been, my personality has always been, you know, you, you kind of go like all or nothing. And um, I, I think my vision was so focused on golf and, uh, and I didn't have really anything else um, to, 
I, I guess, as a driving force um, for my life. And um, but I don't know. If, I, I mean, I, I think that definitely has impact on it. But I don't know if that was if that was really all of it or not. When you look back on on those memories, specifically winged foot and making that putt on 18 at Wildlife to make the cut there, what what are some of the the moments that stand out from you for those couple of weeks? And certainly, you know, you're 27 now. You're at a very different part of your life than you were at 15 or 16. But I got to think that that's that's interesting to walk back down memory lane and, and think back to some of the thoughts that were going through your mind and some of the shots that you hit during those weeks. You know, I, I can't even remember what was going through my mind. Um, <laughs> it was. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, it was a long time ago, but uh, but no, I mean, I was just enjoying the moment and being real present, and I think there's something to that, you know, and, and I think that's something I'm trying to get back to, uh, just being more present and, and really um, appreciating every moment of, of my life, regardless of what it is. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was such a great experience to, to, have, to have those things, to be in that position. You mentioned that you, you had some on-course struggles uh, in the years that followed. So I want to know, what, what's the, the state of the game with, with you and your relationship with golf and, and professional golf? Where do you stand right now uh, at age 27? Um, I'm still at it. going to say a lot of people find that that when they find uh you know balance off the course they find success on the course do you feel like hopefully this is something that could lead to you know positives on on both sides of the ropes for you and that you if you're a little more content overall in your life and you've got this purpose and this calling that you've now found that it might lead to a few more birdies down the road in 2019 and beyond Man, i really hope so um like i said i i don't know what what uh, what's going to happen but um you know, I, I feel encouraged about what I'm doing, and and I know, I know in my heart this is this is what I want to do. Um, whether I whether I do it or not, I don't know. But uh, but man, it's it's been it's been a real blessing to have this opportunity, and uh, I'm looking forward to to what it can bring. You've been very candid about the, the battles you've had with anxiety and depression, and you mentioned you know a couple years ago when when your game kind of left you. Was there a point at that at that stage where you thought about giving up golf and, and moving in a different direction? Many many times, um, too many times to, to count actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but my you know my mom was with me 
um, and she helped me a lot. And uh, I had a good, had a good team around. Um, I have good friends here, uh, Hank and Bonnie, and uh, they they really, really helped me um, through through all my struggles. And uh, there was no no hope to be seen. Um, they somehow kept kept me going. stuff now you said that you don't you're, it's not all about golf for you right now so I don't want this to be all about golf either what walk me through uh, a week in the life of Tad Fujikawa what are some of the off-course interests what do you like to do with uh, your free time uh, and things like that well where I live there's not really much to do um, <laughs> <laughs> except for golf uh, you know there's no St. Simon, Simon's Island right you're you're uh, you know yeah. throwing you're throwing a stick and you're hitting a PJ Tour pro these days yeah, that's right. That's right. It's uh, you know, it's pretty golf uh, golfed out over here. But um, but no, I mean, I, I enjoy playing tennis. I play a lot of tennis. Um, I, I kind of got into that in the last few years. Um, but I, you know, most of the time when I'm not golfing, I'm just trying to relax and and just kind of uh, unwind a bit. And you know, every day is a golf a golf day, so it's kind of uh, it can get tiring. But, uh, but, yeah, I, I enjoy playing tennis and just kind of hanging out. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully I can, uh, you know, have a little more fun off the course as well soon. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> what was that adjustment like for you at growing up in, in Hawaii and certainly a place that, you know, people in, in the continental 48 just kind of look as, as almost like a – a foreign country, and now all of a sudden you're coming over here to the East Coast, to Southeast Georgia. You're living in SEC football country. Uh, what was what was that adjustment like for you? It was crazy, uh, you know, with, with the football and stuff, especially. I mean, there's like Georgia, Florida weekend. We came here one one year. No, no, no. Hold on, Tad. I'm from, I'm a Florida guy, so it's a Florida Georgia weekend. Florida, it's not, it's yeah, I, it's Florida Georgia. I, I, Go ahead. I totally apologize. <laughs> That's all right. But. Uh, but I, I came here one year and it was like I had no idea what the heck was going on, and uh, the whole I I guess you know everyone comes to St. Simons for for that weekend and man it was crazy and I had no idea what was going on and uh, so apparently football is a big thing here, but uh, but no it was it was actually a pretty easy transition I mean the people have been have been very nice uh, I like living here it's pretty quiet and you know, I think going from one island to another. Um, really kind of helped me in that the the lifestyle is pretty laid back and um but uh but i enjoy it here it's, it's good it's a good spot uh, i make good friends so yeah it's good you went through a lot of land in between to get from one island to the other there's there's probably a quicker way if you if you want to island hop there might, there might have been a faster route than going from hawaii to, to st simon's but that's all right you're there and that's good that uh, you found a good spot to uh, land yeah right? Yeah, that's, that's right. I, I chose a pretty uh, pretty difficult path, but uh, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, I, I find it interesting that you, you made your announcement on Instagram. I think that, you know, in, in 2018, a lot of people see the vicious side of social media and, and Twitter and things like that. It can get a little bit toxic 
at times if you step in, in the wrong corners of uh, the Twitter sphere. But what was it for you? Do, do you feel like it's it's a powerful medium and you get some some positivity out of using Instagram the way that you do? You know, social media um, can be looked upon in both ways. Um, it can definitely be a negative thing. Uh, I, I believe that it is a lot of causes for, um, you know, the depression and stuff that people struggle with nowadays. Uh, it's just you're constantly comparing yourself to something that's not not even real, you know. And, um, you know, in that sense, it's, it it could be it could be looked upon as a negative uh, source of energy, I guess. But um, for me, I, I try to turn it into something positive. In this in this society that we live in, you know, um, as much as it can be negative, you can turn that same thing into something positive, and uh, that's that's really what I'm trying to do. And, and um, I mean, for me personally, I use social media uh, when I was struggling. I used it to see other people and to see their stories and. Uh, you know, so, so I, I try to look at it in that sense. What can I do to spread more love, encouragement, and empower other people to, to be better? You know, and, and that's, that's kind of what, what I'm trying to do. I think that uh, if a lot of people embrace that mentality, we'd, we'd be uh, in a little better place in social media. But that's a podcast for another day. We'll, we'll leave that there. Uh, now, you mentioned there, there are plenty of athletes in, in other sports who have come out as gay, but, but you're – the first uh, male golfer, male professional golfer to come out, there have been women on the LPGA that have as well. But what is it, I guess, uh, is, is there an element about the game of golf that, that made it at all difficult for you growing up and, and being a teenager and a young adult and, and transitioning into this, this life that you're in that, that golf maybe hindered your ability to, to become who you truly became? Um, I don't know if it's golf itself i think it's just the society we live in um you know obviously i was in the media at a, at a pretty young age and and in, in the spotlight for a while there and um you know i i i guess i was afraid you know it, it's pretty normal to just be afraid of, of what other people would think and what they would say that sort of thing um and then plus i i didn't know how my family would react so i think it was a combination of a lot of things um, golf itself is not a very uh, progressive sport, I guess, in that sense. Um, you know, it's predominantly white, rich, male, you know, country club sort of thing. And, uh, you know, it's gotten better over the past few years and, and over the past 10 or 20 years, definitely improved um, in that sense. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see you know, other uh, LGBTQ um, golfers coming out, whether they're male or female, it, it, it doesn't matter, but just sharing sharing their story um, and bringing more awareness to that uh, is definitely helpful for, for the generations to come. Do you hope to become an agent of change with this? I mean, like you said, that the golf uh, is not exactly progressive in a lot of different areas, including this one. But, but this, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, we could look back at this post you put on Instagram as something that potentially opened the floodgates and made it easier and, and made it a more receptive community for other people to follow in your footsteps. 
I hope so. I mean, I, I just want to let people know that they're, they're enough and they're good exactly as they are. You know, they don't have to change who they are um, to fit society's mold, you know, and um, especially in the golf world where it's, it's so, uh, it's not something that's very common, you know, and, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope to, hope to just bring more awareness to this, whether it's through golf or, or not, um, just, just life in general, you know, if I can, if I can make a difference, that's, that's, uh, that's all that matters. We've certainly, you know, taken a, a first step in that direction. I know this was, this was about you and about coming uh, to terms with, with who you are and, and, as you said, finding a sense of liberation and not caring about what other people think anymore. But I, I do think that there's a chance that you could become someone that we look back at 10, 15 years from now, and, and you're a guy that started a trend in a very positive direction. So, so kudos to you for that. Well, thank you very much. I, I uh, really appreciate those words. And, um... I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I'm able to uh, share my story. And if you want to go to Florida Georgia weekend, it's coming up next week. <laughs> it's going to be a big game. You let me know. We just got to make sure you're wearing the right colors. We'll get you off that island. Okay. All right. I, all right. I think I have to, I, I'll have to go incognito for a little while. Everyone <laughs> around here is going to be hating on me. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's all right. It's, it's, a, it's a welcoming spot. I'm sure if you, you can wear some neutral colors and you'll be all right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Well, Tad Fujikawa, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this episode of the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share your story and some of the, the after effects that, that you've been able to experience in the recent weeks. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. This, again, has been the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray. Remember, you can log on to golfchannel.com slash podcast, download previous episodes. You can subscribe on Art19, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Search keyword Golf Channel, and we will be there. Thanks again to Tad Fuchikawa for taking time to be the guest on today's episode. I'm Will Gray. We'll see you next time. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.